what are we doing here? I know this is a stressful week for many of you. Just to date myself, I'm recording this on Thursday afternoon in California, and last night we got the news that Russia had invaded Ukraine. Online and off, everything feels really weird and tense right now. If you're not up for a fun podcast about internet culture at the moment, honestly, I get it. I'm going to try to keep on making entertaining stuff, and the podcast will be here for you whenever you're in the right headspace. But if you are looking for an escape, this is a good one, I promise. It's comedian Alexis Gay, the host of the podcast Non-Technical. Even if you don't know Alexis by name, you might have seen one of her hilarious videos that have gone viral on Twitter and other places. I love talking to her, and I think you're going to love hearing her follow recommendations. You're listening to the public feed of Follow Friday, which means you're going to get four of those recommendations today. But you can hear all five of Alexis's picks by going to patreon.com slash follow Friday and backing the show at any level, starting at $1 a month. That's where you'll also get dozens of other bonus follows, including extended episodes with Brooke Hammerling, Tom Scott, and Shima Oliai. Thank you to all of our patrons, and thanks as well to this week's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Kelsis, which pairs startups with expertly assembled software development teams. They work with funded startups across multiple industries to help them get to market fast. Learn more and get in touch at kelsus.com. Today is a good day to meet some new friends. Everyone make a way. I'm Eric Johnson. Welcome to Follow Friday, the podcast about who you should follow online. Every week, I talk to creative people about who they follow and why. This is a guided tour to the best people on the internet, led by your favorite writers, podcasters, comedians, and more. Today on the show is comedian Alexis Gay, the host of the podcast Non-Technical with Alexis Gay. That's where she interviews influential leaders from tech, business, media, and more about everything that's not on their resumes. You can find Alexis on Twitter at YayAlexisGay and Non-Technical wherever you listen to podcasts. Alexis, welcome to Follow Friday. Oh my gosh, Eric, thank you for having me. So happy to have you here. Thanks for doing this. I know for a fact when I started following you, which is when you posted a video on Twitter called Every Single Party in San Francisco. Oh, wow. Long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was like right early in COVID lockdown. I think I think I got the timing right there. Yes. And this is kind of like your signature style of video. You take a premise <laughs> like that and you're doing these quick cuts, all these funny different things people are saying at the party. So here's a clip from every single party in San Francisco. I love hiking, meditation, matcha latte, intermittent fasting, stock options, oat milk, Duh. Oh, it's fine. They're poly. Ugh, I can't. I'm gonna be in Tahoe. I'm gonna be camping in Yosemite. I'm gonna be traveling for a work thing. My one bedroom's actually only 3100, so it's a pretty good deal. Hiking. Hiking. I'm obsessed with hiking. Oh, is that vegan? Do you have any IPAs? So was that video, was that like the first time you had a really huge viral video hit? Or, 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 or did you already have sort of a, you know, a following by that point and I was just late to the party? 
No, that was the first video that I don't want to say that anybody cared about, but I would say that <laughs> on that scale, people cared about for the very first time. And it it blows every other video out of the water in terms of views to, to that point. So how did that experience going from, you know, relatively anonymous to then having this huge hit video How did that change either what you were doing or how you were thinking about being a comedian or anything like that? Well, the good news is I had been making videos online for a while before that point. So this was not by any stretch of the imagination my first video. It was just the first one that people seemed to notice existed. And the benefit to that is that when it got all that attention, which is the most flattering humbling thing in the world that people see something you make and then they say, oh, I want to follow you. I want more of this. All I really felt like I had to do was keep going. And I had already been doing comedy for a few years. At that point, I was still working full time for Patreon. So this was being done nights, weekends, and sometimes very early mornings. But the one thing that did change after that video got in the first week, it got like three million views to date. I think the most views on Twitter a video of mine had gotten was about a thousand. So when I talk about (laughs) the scale, it was hard to even perceive of that many people viewing something I made. I mean, three million people, it's hard to picture. And a thousand at the time was like, oh, cool, a thousand people. And I've never been somebody that has felt dissatisfied by the number of people that are watching what I make, never. And so it was just like, how cool is this that even more people are showing up? But I will say there was this moment where the video is totally, it's like, you know, ripping through the internet. I'm getting all kinds of texts, all kinds of notifications. My following went from on Twitter, 950 people to 15,000 by the end of that week. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's a major shift. And the way that it felt, because I had also pre-pandemic been doing stand-up comedy before that improv comedy, it felt like I had been performing for an intimate group of friends. And then suddenly the doors opened and thousands and thousands of people poured in and I'm still holding the microphone. And I remember having this moment of, oh, they expect me to say something now. And so I forced myself that night, the day that it went viral, to tweet out a couple jokes because I thought, you know what? If I post something and everybody leaves, they're going to leave anyway. So I might as well just get it over with, rip the bandaid off and do it now. And I think that that mentality (laughs) has stayed with me at any point. Everyone could leave and that is totally okay. But as long as you're here, I'm going to do what I can to entertain you. Hello, new friends. Here is a taste of what you will be getting. (laughs) Here's the Alexis Gay experience. Exactly. I was like, well, they're going to find out. So... Well, and then also talk about your your podcast, non technical. Yeah. So, like, why did you? Uh, I, I mean, I love the the premise of the show, but why did you want to make a show around what's not on people's resumes? Yeah. Well, my career up until being a full time self employed comedian podcaster was in the tech world, and so by nature of that experience, seven years or so, I listened to a lot of interviews with tech and business leaders because I often would listen to, actually, I think I've mentioned to you before, but I would listen to Recode to prepare for job interviews. When I was interviewing with a company, I would go and seek out an interview with the CEO to try to understand what they were thinking at the highest level. So I came across tons and tons of interviews with tech and business leaders, and the most interesting parts were always the moments where they stopped talking about work for a second, often by accident. Often it was just an offhand remark, something about perhaps their hobbies, their kids, their childhood. And those sort of moments were always the most compelling to me in the interviews. Now, 
fast forward, I decide I want to start a podcast. I went through so many iterations on the concept. It is not like I woke up one morning and I was like, what if I had a show where I interviewed people about everything except the resume and then everything just spilled out of me perfectly. It was like, I thought, I know I want to start a podcast. And honestly, one of the reasons I wanted to start a podcast is that I was, was making these videos and I was like, I really want to make something where I don't have to stare at my own face. (laughs) just for a little bit, just as a treat. And I thought, well, if I do an audio based show, I will get a reprieve from just staring directly into my own face for hours and hours and hours a day. Of course, at the time I was also doing what felt like 12 hours of Zooms per day. So it was really just how can I escape this? And so listening to my own voice was the was the welcome alternative. But I went through a lot of iterations and settled on non-technical ultimately, because I think I knew I wanted to interview people. I knew I wanted to get to know them, but I also wanted to find something specific enough to help myself have guardrails to deliver on. Well, uh, and, and just recently you came full circle. You you had Kara Swisher on oh non-technical. Oh my God. Talk about a full circle moment. Friend of the show, Kara Swisher, friend of both our shows. So Yes. <laughs> and you know, her, she interviewed Kathy Griffin at South by Southwest in 2018, which I was in the audience for. I was in the audience and I remember at the time just thinking this is probably the best interview I've ever seen. Watching someone just draw out like personal stories and and perspectives that hadn't been heard before and putting the guest Kathy Griffin at ease and I was just blown away by that. And so I that interview has always stuck out to me as like the gold standard of helping someone tell their own really compelling interesting story. Totally. All right. Well, let's get to know the people who Alexis Gay follows online. Woo! Let's do it. You can follow along with us today. Every person she recommends will be linked in the show notes and in the transcript at followfridaypodcast.com. It's Follow Friday. Alexis, before the show, I gave you a list of categories, and I asked you to tell me four people you follow who fit in those categories. Your first pick is in the category, Someone You're Jealous Of. And you said (laughs) Evan Ross Katz, who is on Instagram and Twitter at Evan Ross Katz. And Katz is spelled K-A-T-Z. Evan is a fashion columnist at Paper Magazine and a podcaster as well. And he has a book coming out that I am dying to read. But let's start with his Instagram. Talk about the sort of stuff he he posts there. What, What makes you jealous? Wow. Evan seems to have an ability to identify the most gorgeous, fashionable, compelling aesthetics, but also interlay so much humor between them. He has this sense of of humor to the things that he posts that makes it feel like you're reading something that your friend might text to you, but then it's interspersed between like these gorgeous model photos of celebrities you might know or other cultural figures. And so, like, yeah, so what are some examples of folks you remember that he has um, documented their the, the fashion? I'm, I'm looking at his Instagram now, and he has, um, let's see, he, he has, it seems like a mixture of, like, TV screen caps, but mm-hmm. then just individual, mm-hmm. like, fashion-style photos of famous actors. Exactly. I think what's really been catching my eye recently is how he's following the Sex and the City reboot and Just Like That on HBO Max, mm. because that has been, a, that's a cultural phenomenon. This is a moment that we're in right now, especially if you were a viewer of the original Sex and the City franchise. And now with this, however many years later, and just like that, people have opinions, people are talking about it. I would say the general response is that I'd say it's getting 
It's getting a little panned. It's getting some critical reception, but I've been personally really enjoying it. <laughs> and so I love watching him capture some of the fashion from the premieres, fashion from the show, interspersed with these like moments that I'm thrilled to relive again and again because I thought they were so funny. Do you think of yourself as like a, a fashionable person? Like is fashion something that's really important in your in your in your day to day life? So this is why I'm jealous of him because I look at this and I'm like, God, he's so funny and he knows how fashion works. I thought you're only allowed to have one. You know, it's like everybody's supposed to get one and he gets both. I would say that I care about fashion to the extent that it serves a purpose in my life. I think that at certain events or certain dinners, you should show up in a way that's appropriate to the event or dinner and also still represents who you are. So for me, that often means I like to look polished. I like to show up ready for whatever's happening. But I like things that are fun and I like things that look good. I just don't have that thing that it seems like he and other people have where they're like, oh, this like mesh tank top, this is fashion now. I'm like, who, how, when did, where did they say that? Well, I did not get the memo. <laughs> I, I, I'm not I on the list on this. where people yeah. are announcing yeah. these fashion updates. My main intersection, I'm a big like movie guy. And so my main intersection with the fashion world is when either there's like red carpet, like an award show mm-hmm. where people are, you know, talking about what they're wearing or who they're wearing. Or I think Amazon is the one who does this now where you can be watching one of their shows that they produce mm-hmm. and or your movies and you can pause it and it'll be like, hey, do you want to buy this exact like oh shirt God. that this person, yes. this character yeah. is wearing? Mm-hmm. Which is, I'm glad that I don't buy very many clothes because that would be dangerous. I think. Yes, that's so dystopian. <laughs> You're so right. I've also found myself over the last two years, especially, but even maybe a little bit prior to that, really liking once I find something I like, I will buy several of it, which is a very tech thing to do. Uh, Uh, I had someone once (laughs) who told me this helped them reduce their cognitive load. And I was like, please never speak to me again. (laughs) But I like I'll just I like, you know, if the shirt fits, I'll buy a couple. It's just I don't know. It's also different now, too, that we're leaving the house a little bit less. You're exactly like Mark Zuckerberg. You just uh, you know, wear Mark. the same thing every day. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Your best. I love a nice sweater. I will say the one area where I'm like, yeah, is I love a nice sweater. I used to really love a nice blazer. This is in terms of my personal fashion, something that I was known for when I worked at Patreon was my blazer collection. I love a sharp blazer, not like a frumpy suit blazer. I mean, like tailored gorgeous color, something (laughs) fun, a nice collar, a nice regent collar, perhaps. Um, But now those days are behind me and my it's instead a robust wool sweater collection. (laughs) (laughs) You've moved moved on to the wool sweater. I mentioned that Evan has a book coming out in March called Into Every Generation a Slayer is Born. It's a Mm. new oral history of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, a show that I'm currently rewatching right now. Oh, really? Were you ever a big Buffy fan? Were you ever in this fandom? I was never in the Buffy fandom, but one of my best friends is a massive Buffy fan and just sent me some Buffy stickers. So I'm new. I'm the new owner of some Buffy the Vampire Slayer stickers. Well, I'm hoping that that Evans like the the tone that you mentioned, the way that he mm-hmm. writes on Instagram and I'm sure and Pace Magazine and other places. I hope that carries over in, into this book because this is a show that I'm extremely passionate about and That's so I, awesome. I really want to hear you know hear that voice. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anything else about Evan Ross Katz uh, that we that we should mention before we move on? Hmm. I just think that there's something really special about being able to, 
I suppose, you know, fashion is, uh, is certainly an art form. And I think that there's something really special about being able to appreciate art and also contribute to it. And so that's, I think what really stands out to me about him is that as much as he's saying, Oh, look at this art and curating a really nice collection. It seems like he's also participating in it and participating in the creation of pop culture as well as documenting it. That's great. Well, that was Evan Ross Katz, who is on Instagram and Twitter at Evan Ross Katz. It's Friday, Friday. Alexis, I asked you to tell me about someone who makes you think, and you said Mike Isaac, who is on Twitter at Mike Isaac and on Facebook at Mike J. Isaac. I used to work with Mike at All Things D and Recode, yeah. so I'm biased here. I think he's great. <laughs> but uh, he's now with the New York Times. He's written an amazing book about Uber called Super Pumped. Uh, do you remember how you started following him? That's a great question. I think just generally being on Twitter and being around tech, I found Mike because his profile photo is one of the Charmin toilet paper bears, I think, with a Santa hat on. And I thought, this man works for the New York Times. Okay, this is interesting. I'm bought in. <laughs> there must have been a discussion because that was his his Twitter profile picture for way, way many many years back before he joined yeah. the Times. I'm sure there must have been a discussion <laughs> with some editor being that, about like, can you can you maybe so... <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> I just loved it, and I guess I'm sensing a theme with the people that I am bringing up to talk about. But I really love that Mike is a rock solid tech reporter from whom I often learn the news about what's going on in tech and business, about companies that you and I might use every day, but who brings not only humor, but also his own personality into his work as well. And that is what makes it so compelling to me and why I'm so happy to read the things that he writes, because I'm like, oh, yeah, he's bringing something more than just here's the news. Yeah, I think if I didn't know him in real life, I think if I just followed him on Twitter, I would still have a bit of that that parasocial sense of like, just from following him, of feeling like, oh, like, I know this guy. I see his mm-hmm. byline in the Times. And it's like, oh yeah, hey, it's Mike, the guy, the guy that, you know, I, I sort of know just from the way he uses social media. I, th- I think he's mastered the Twitter art form maybe better yes. than, than, or certainly before most journalists have. I think that is absolutely right. And I think it's also worth noting that his name on Twitter is Rat King, which is something that also caught my attention. And I have never, I've ne- I guess I've never looked into why that is, but I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> I just thought this guy is so funny. And then I read his book, loved his book, really excited about the show coming out soon on uh, on Showtime. Oh, right. Yeah, they're, they're adapting Super Pumped. His book about yes. Uber is going to be a show where they think Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to play Travis Kalanick, which uh, congratulations to Travis on, on that glow up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, not bad. It could be a lot worse for sure. We are kings, gods. Travis's beagle's getting in the way. He needs to be checked. No one who wills an entire sector into being is in a balanced place. My own investors are plotting my demise. It's gone too far. I can't line up with you. I gotta stick with the company. I am the company! So is there is there anything that sticks out in your mind about, you said that Mike makes you think. Is there something you've learned from following him or has following him and his work made you think about tech about, about about that industry differently or about any companies differently? Well, following him online is what encouraged me to read his book about Uber. And it's a, it's a really great book for those who haven't read it. And I, it particularly resonated with me because tw- I joined the tech world in 2013, which really felt like 
premium Uber takeoff time. Like, you know, Uber wasn't mm. as ubiquitous even then. It was really something that was, oh, you're using Uber? What is that? You know, we were still given promo codes to sign up for Uber. Imagine getting a promo code right, right now to sign up for Uber. <laughs> be, like, useless, right? Yeah. Right. And so his book really resonated with me, and it was so cool to understand the inner workings of a company that I had only experienced uh, on the outside as a user and then also as somebody working in the tech world. You know, we were one of those startups where I was working at the time that was always like, oh, yeah, we're the Uber for X. Yeah. Right. That was everything anyone said in 2013 through 15. We're the Uber for X. We're the Airbnb for Y. (laughs) And also, I mean, you know, something that I think in particular stood out to me was the way that he was able to take individual players at the company and behind the scenes and really bring them vividly to life. It's almost like a Shakespearean drama at times. Right. It's, it's very skillful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Because it takes a lot to be able to see the narrative in reality. You know, what? what is the narrative? What if so, What is somebody's arc when it's not a novel and you can't just make it up? How can you pull together a story and a compelling plot to drive things forward using what happened? Because at the end of the day, he's a journalist. And so the facts matter a lot. Yes. And on top of all of that, in addition to his skill as a writer and a journalist and all that, he also has an extremely cute dog named Bruno. Oh, so oh if for God, no other reason. That so cute. Right? That's an amazing, yeah. He's, that, that's a great Instagram follow reason for, for Mike Isaac is this huge dog <laughs> who seems really sweet. Absolutely. On this podcast, we stand Bruna. Yeah, as we all should. Well, that was Mike Isaac, who was on Twitter at Mike Isaac and on Facebook at Mike J. Isaac. We're going to take a quick break right now, but we'll be back in a minute with Alexis Gay. Today's show is brought to you by Kelsis, a fully invested technical partner for your business. Kelsis works with funded startups across a variety of industries, providing them with an expert team of software developers to help them get to market fast. They have experience working with dozens of companies, helping them build products that can compete, thrive, and exit. Visit telsus.com, that's K-E-L-S-U-S dot com to learn more, and give them a call to meet your new technical co-founder. That's telsus.com. It's Follow Friday. Welcome back to Follow Friday. Alexis, let's move on to your next follow. I asked you for someone who makes you laugh, and you said Kylie Brakeman, who is on Twitter and TikTok at Dead Eye Brakeman. And I is like the, the body part, I-E-E-Y-E. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you two like know each other in real life, but Kylie in some ways feels like a parallel universe version of you. And I mean that as a compliment. Uh, you, you both do these kind of similar quick cutting comedy videos. Um, so I, I want to play a clip here from a video she did called the comments section for a tweet that says, I like lettuce. Oh, you like lettuce, huh? Well, your silence on carrots is definite. You like lettuce? Okay, so true, queen. Lettuce is literally vibes. Um, I noticed you did not put a period after your sentence, I like lettuce. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go back to my hobby of not having sex. Oh, you like lettuce, huh? Well, let us see them tits. What exactly do you like about it? That it's picked by seasonal workers for poverty wages? Fuck you and your family. Do you like, as fellow comedian video makers do you know kylie have you spoken to her about this stuff she and i have never sat down and had a conversation but we are connected online and my favorite uh overlap that we had recently was on the same day 
I published a video called When Someone Asks How Work Is Going, and it's filled with a character who clearly works in, let's say maybe like a startup that has some organizational strife and is complaining <laughs> about, oh, this person said this and that isn't even one of our KPIs, stuff like that. <laughs> On the very same day, Kylie posted a video that was like pretending I understand my friend's job or something like that. And it was like the two videos were mirror images of each other because it's her going, yes, oh my God. I totally understand why that is a problem and stuff like that. And it was like, <laughs> if you would just match up the videos, it looks like we're talking to each other. And so we posted about that because it was just so funny. And it speaks to your point about it's like she's we're parallels of each other in a way, which I find really fun. And I, I just her stuff is so creative and so funny. And so I'm a big admirer of her work. But you didn't plan that at all. It was pure coincidence that both of you were on the same day. Pure coincidence. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know something out there in the, in the universe. Yeah. I was speaking to you. Um, so, so what about her work like really clicks for you? Why does she make you laugh? So something that I really like about her stuff is that she identifies something unspoken and then brings it to life in a really vivid, funny way. And so one example of that that sticks out to me is she has a video about, I think it's like a six-year-old divorcee or something like that. And it's so, and she's basically acting like a divorcee, like this, you know, an archetypal (laughs) post-divorce, settle, whatever, wife, but it's if if she was six, you know? And so it's about like giving the ring pop back. Let me tell you something. I am done with men. Who marries a girl for two full weeks and then gives the ring pop back, huh? I'll tell you who. Ryan F, because he's a piece of s***. You know he wants full custody of the Hot Wheels car we found outside the playground? It's unbelievable. I almost laughed out f***ing loud. This SOB doesn't even like Hot Wheels. Offered to buy me a new Hot Wheel with his allowance. I said, Ryan F, why don't you use your allowance to buy a f***ing clue? My God. My brain would never connect those two things. So I love seeing where she finds that overlap that it it feels like, oh my God, I would have never thought of that. And so even though our styles are similar, I think why I'm so drawn to her is because we may have similar styles, but the topics themselves, I'm always like, oh, that's so funny. That's awesome. Yeah, I guess like most of your videos are kind of, they seem to be called from some relatable, something that's maybe maybe you've experienced in real life mm-hmm. where you did one about the stress of moving job, moving cities, yes, yes, right? Yes. And you did yep. another one about people who, who say they work in tech, you know? Mm-hmm. There's, there's things I th- I can see the, the probably the likely linkage to, to your real life, but like, yeah, when, when someone comes up with a video like that, like a six-year-old divorcee, I have to wonder like, where did that come from exactly? Right. How did you right. get there? <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, it's brilliant. You might imagine where, you know, every single party in San Francisco comes from, right? Like, but I think that too, that is why I'm so, I'm so excited by, by the stuff that she does. And, and uh, it's really, really funny. Totally. And I don't know if you listen to, uh, she has a podcast that she does with several of the other comedians called Artists on Artists on Artists on Artists. That's so did, funny. did you hear this one? No, but that's like, what a great name. It's like a Hollywood, it's like it's supposed to be a Hollywood roundtable, I think. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm going to. Every episode, she and these other comedians are playing different caricatures of people in entertainment. So like they're oh all God. former Disney Channel TV stars oh God, or yes. high school theater teachers. or So I, I highly recommend looking at it. I watched some clips of that on her Twitter. Um, that's awesome. Stuff, so. That's really funny. <laughs> That was Kylie Brakeman, who is on Twitter and TikTok at Dead Eye Brakeman. It's Final Friday. We have time for one more follow today. 
Alexis, I asked you for someone who's an expert in a very specific niche that you love. <laughs> yes. And you said Tobin <laughs> Mitnick, who is on TikTok and Instagram at Jews Love Trees. I gotta love a username that tells you basically everything you need to know about a person. But for the folks who have not checked out Jews Love Trees yet, what does Tobin do? Wow. So Tobin is a, an actor and in many ways a comedic actor. And his niche specialty videos are tree content. So he walks around LA and he finds different trees and then he makes videos about them. And I know that what I just <laughs> described does not sound all that entertaining, but that is because you have not looked at Jews Love Trees. He is so funny. It's so clever. It's so creative. And he legitimately knows stuff about trees. Like I have full on learned facts about trees from these videos. And so every time he posts, I get so excited. I'm like, ooh, more trees. <laughs> <laughs> There's one video I saw of his where he's showing off his entire bookshelf of tree related books. Like this is clearly a yes. deep, deep passion yes. for him. The tree library. <laughs> This is my tree library. Book ended it here with a nice piece of petrol. No, my largest book of trees, The Architecture of Trees, does not fit upright in the bookcase. Keep the Lord of the Rings series down here. Sibley, essential, everybody knows this. Great white shark, that goes up here. I would say it's probably two to one tree books to bonsai books. Finding the mother tree, I got two copies. Megalodon tooth does not belong down here. I'm just gonna pick a random sentence. It ranges from a bushy or stocky windswept tree to a slender straight trunked one. Cool. I love that and I love the one where he takes his new baby, new-ish baby, or maybe she's a little bit older, and takes his baby around to look at the trees and then incorporates sort of how she's reacting. And it's just so, the editing is so good and it's so funny. Yeah, there's one point, I remember that one, he, he's looking at a, a discarded Christmas tree, like waiting to be picked up by the oh, garbage yeah. and the baby makes a noise and he goes, mm -hmm. no, don't laugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> our, our fallen friend. Right, another fallen soldier. <laughs> don't laugh. So good. <laughs> Um, and then on top of that, I, maybe you know better from having followed him, it seems like he also has a bonsai tree garden, like in addition to the trees he sees out in the world, he's also mm. cultivating trees, maybe specifically bonsai trees uh, at, at his house. It's like, uh, so cl clearly it's every, everywhere he goes in the world, there, there are trees. <laughs> oh yeah, he definitely like, know, he like fully knows stuff about trees and about wood and things like that. He made a video recently where he made a new like walking stick, like a new walking staff. And when Whoa. it started, I thought like, oh, this is probably funny. And then it was like, of course, it was funny, but it was also him legitimately making a walking stick. <laughs> and I was just like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. Again, the theme, people who can do two things. <laughs> <laughs> so impressive. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's funny, you know, um, so Tobin is actually another situation where we reconnected online after knowing each other in New York randomly when I was, I think... 19 or 20, maybe 21, maybe barely 21. I was a part of a new show, a new uh, play that was being developed called King Christina, which was about Christina of Sweden who became king when her father died. And this is a long, long, long time ago, obviously. And Tobin was cast to play my love interest or the person to whom I was supposed to be married as King Christina. And so he and I worked together on like, it was just a staged reading, you know, so we were seated and we probably rehearsed twice and did two performances, whatever, not, you know, not a big deal, but that was 
full on like 11 years ago. And then I see him on Instagram and I'm like, wow, these treat, this is so funny. And I was like, there's no way that's that guy. But I was like, <laughs> how many Tobin Mitnicks could there possibly be? And so I did some stalking and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so we became internet friends. And now every time I see a video, it means so much. Cause I'm just like, wow, I, <laughs> I've known of this person for more than 10 years and now they have a baby and they're making me laugh about trees. What a world. Did he remember you when he reached out? Did he remember oh, yeah, that you, you were the, yeah, yeah. the... He, I think he may have reached out first. I can't remember. Yeah, but we were both. I remember the Instagram DM. We were like, oh, man, look at us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so now uh, I, I want to hear your, your hottest take about trees. Are you, are you also a tree fan like Tobin? Well, now I know so much more about trees. <laughs> I would say that my level of tree, I don't have a lot of tree knowledge. I have deep tree appreciation. Like I'm definitely someone who will be like, wow look at that tree. That's a great tree. But I can't tell you why, you know, and that's sort of how I am about art as well. I can look at art and I enjoy going to museums and I really enjoy looking at art. I probably can't tell you a lot about the art, but I'll be like, oh, I love that. That's beautiful. That's great. So that's how I feel about trees as well. Exact same. No, I, I'm glad that there are people like Tobin out here who are fighting the good fight, educating exactly. the rest of us yes. ignoramuses. Completely. All right. Well, that was Tobin Mitnick, who is on TikTok and Instagram at Jews Love Trees. Alexis, thank you so much for sharing all these follows with us today. Before we go, let's make sure listeners know how to find you online. Where do you want them to follow you? Oh, man. What an honor it would be to receive a follow on my Twitter or my Instagram, both of which are at yay Alexis Gay. And otherwise, I would say, you know, come check out my podcast. You're already a podcast listener. Maybe non-technical is going to do it for you. You can find that wherever you get your pods and on Twitter at non-technical pod. Perfect. Follow me on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ, and don't forget to follow or subscribe to Follow Friday in your podcast app. If you like this episode, then check out the past Follow Friday interviews with Alistair Beckett-King, Zach Bornstein, and Alexandra Petri, among many others. Follow Friday's theme music was written by me and performed by Yona Marie. Our show art was illustrated by Dodie Hermawan. Special thanks to our Big Fry Patreon backers, John and Justin. Visit patreon.com slash follow Friday for bonus follows, behind the scenes updates, and more. That's all for this week. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to talk about people behind their backs. And when you do, say something nice. I'll see you next Friday. One more thing before we go, thank you to John and Justin from Transistor.fm for backing Follow Friday on Patreon. Transistor is an independent podcast hosting company with a simple, modern interface for uploading audio, distributing your podcast, and viewing analytics. You can also make as many podcasts on Transistor as you want for no extra cost, and you can invite additional users to access the show settings, upload episodes, view analytics, and more. Check them out at Transistor.fm.